It's said that your real life begins where your comfort zone ends. Well, it's about to get real as we have radically authentic conversations to help you thrive in your personal and professional life while navigating the twists and turns of being human. Buckle up, because this might get uncomfortable. Starts right now with Whitney Lordson. Before this episode begins, I want to tell you about something a little time sensitive that I'm part of, which is a three-day virtual conference called Love Yourself First, How to Develop Supportive Friendships and Meaningful Relationships. This is really up my alley. I think it's up your alley too, given the topics that I cover. And this is actually something that I was invited to by a previous podcast guest, Coach Lee Hopkins, who did an episode with me in August 2022, invited me to speak and be part of this wonderful group of people. And the conference is taking place February 10th through February 12th, 2023. And there you can learn some different tactics to loving yourself, creating lasting connections that will enrich, enrich your life. This is a paid conference. And so full transparency. There is a small fee involved with it. And I have a promo code. The promo code is, let me pull it up, uncomfortable. 20. So uncomfortable, just like this might get uncomfortable, but uncomfortable 20. And you guessed it, that'll take 20% off the cost of the ticket. And I'll receive a small fraction of that. And the rest of the money goes towards running the event. And if you want to invite a friend to this and buy two tickets in the same transaction, you actually get a 50% off discount on the second ticket. So if you're looking to deepen your relationships, create more joy, affection, and really just learn from people like myself, from Coach Lee, all the amazing speakers that he has brought together for this, you can go to the link in the description. It's a little long. The full link is alwaysloveyourselffirst.eventbrite.com, and that's where you'll en enter that promo code uncomfortable twenty two zero. And I'll put it in the description of this episode and also in the show notes so that you can easily click through and check it out. See if it's a fit for you. Use a discount, invite your friends, share, spread the message if you would like. And now on to the episode. If you are listening to this episode around the time that it was originally published on January 2nd, 2023, I want to start off by saying Happy New Year. I often think about the fact that people listen to episodes at all different periods of time. When I go through my podcast analytics, I'll see people listening to episodes that were published years ago, now that it's been three years of doing this show. So I'm very mindful to, as they say in the marketing world, keep things evergreen and acknowledge that you could be listening at any time. This episode will be slightly timely. I'm going to do my best to keep it evergreen. And the subject revolves around resolutions. And I'm very aware that resolutions can happen any time of year. I think there's so much focus placed on resolutions around the new year. It's also interesting because I'm recording this episode on December 15th, 2022, and I feel like I'm speaking into the future. 
and sitting here wondering what's 2023 going to be like. I haven't put that much thought into the new year in a while. I used to have a lot of practices around it. And maybe the pandemic has shifted some of that because sometimes I think about what New Year's Eve was like transitioning from 2019 to 2020 and all these people talking about their grand plans and how 2020 is going to be such a great year. We often say that at the end or the beginning of a new year. Okay, this year is going to be better than ever. I'm going to make all these changes. But sometimes things are out of our control. And it's interesting how I think back to before the pandemic started and there was that typical cultural mentality around newness and excitement and refresh. But sometimes we don't know what's around the corner. Like things might not necessarily be better. It sounds a little dark, but that's the truth is that we just don't know what's coming for us. And what a great reminder to stay present. What a great reminder to seize every day and not save our resolutions for certain times of year. So if you're listening to this episode well beyond the beginning of a new year or the end of a year, it's something to reflect upon. Okay, what about right now in this very moment? What if I either set resolutions just right now, no matter when it is? Or what if I just didn't do them at all? Like, (laughs) I think that's the interesting thing. Like, I ponder a lot about the way our society has a tendency to focus on quick fixes and formulas. And if you've been listening to the show long enough, if you know me, I have really moved away from that. I just have not found that it worked for me. I found actually a lot of shame in trying to follow somebody else's formula, trying to oversimplify my life, or thinking that something was wrong with me because the formula is working or because my life didn't feel that simple. For instance, wondering why things seem to be better for other people, seem to be working for other people. Like, why didn't I get that? Reminds me of the scene in the show Hacks on HBO. In season two, I won't give you any spoilers, I promise, but the main character, gosh, what's her name? The actress is Jean Smart. Some Deborah Vance is the character's name. And she meets another comic. I don't think this is a spoiler, but if you watch the show and you don't want to, any chance of a spoiler, fast forward like a minute because... <laughs> This is really relatively minor thing, but it got me thinking. Deborah Vance runs into a another comedian. So if you don't know the show at all, Deborah Vance plays a famous stand-up comedian. And she's older. I don't remember how old she is, but older, like in the in the later stage of her life. And there's a lot age-related and how you approach a career with your age. And so in this episode, somewhere in the midst of season two of the show, when she meets this other comic, she feels a sense of guilt because she's had more success than this other comedian who's just as funny as her, from her opinion. And she wonders, like, why did she make it? And why didn't this other comedian? And I actually, watching that scene, found myself in the shoes of this other comedian who actually seemed to have a really good life. There's a great scene in it. So again, I'm still going with a spoiler. If you've been watching the show and you're not looking for spoilers, maybe fast forward two minutes so I can finish telling the story. This other comedian ends up telling Deborah that she opted out of a career in comedy, not because she didn't feel successful 
as Deborah thought. Deborah thought like this comedian failed and gave up. But actually, the comedian decided to opt out of being a professional comedian because she wanted to focus on family. And she saw that Deborah seemed to be sacrificing her personal life for her professional life. And that really resonated with me because, first of all, there's so many levels to this little story. One is that what you may perceive about other people may not be true. And that goes both ways. We fall into the comparison trap of thinking, wow, this person who I could compare myself to seems to be having life better than me. Why don't I have that? I've thought this a lot, like, wow, I'm working just as hard as this person. Why do they seem to have more success? Why do they have more social media followers, more podcast listeners, more whatever? Wow, I'm doing all this work on my body all the time. Why don't I feel satisfied with my body? Why do they get more attention physically? Oof, even just saying that out loud triggers me. Part of my life's work is working through my emotions around my appearance. And comparison is hard. Because a lot of people put their bodies on display and it's easy to look at somebody else's body and compare yourself. And actually, we feed into that as a society. Social media certainly does. The traditional media does through magazines and various pieces that go out. It's hard not to see other people and that are being praised and rewarded for their appearance. And if you don't feel praised or rewarded, You might feel similarly to me of thinking, wow, like, how come I don't receive praise and reward? Now, I have received plenty of that over my life, and I still receive it from people that I know love me. So I don't have a lack of it. It's just that I crave more of it. And I feel a sense of envy when other people are getting it. And I wonder, like, it's just, it's a long thing. And that's not what this episode is about. But I'm talking about this perception feeling. And the opposite can be true, just like on the show Hacks, where maybe you feel like you're getting a lot of things and seeing other people that aren't getting the same thing. I think a lot about this in terms of privilege, in terms of disparities and marginalized communities, and sometimes feeling guilty that I'm a white woman and I came from a privileged background. And sometimes I wonder why there is so much inequality And why did I naturally luck out because I was born into a family that had privilege and I was born into my skin and my gender and I was born into a body that conforms to a lot of societal things. So comparison goes both ways and it can be tough. The other thing I was reflecting on from that Hacks episode was just that sometimes it's okay to choose a different path that maybe goes against what path you think you should choose or the obvious path. That's a huge case with me. We can go back to the beauty thing where I I feel envy and pressure to conform to beauty standards, but I'm going to continuously choose what's in alignment with my value, which is that I don't want to spend my time and money focused on my appearance. When I opened up the recording tool that I used to do this podcast, I looked at myself and I don't feel great about my appearance. I haven't in a long time. Actually, I've been thinking about this. I think it's been throughout 2022. I've had moments, especially when I'm in front of other people, like when I travel and I'm seeing somebody I haven't seen in a long time, I feel really self-conscious. I get very concerned about the way weight looks on my body. 
especially my stomach. I feel uncomfortable around the way my face looks. Does it have more wrinkles? Does it look fuller? I have weight that shows up around my neck. Like right now, at certain angles, I just feel super uncomfortable with that. I feel uncomfortable about the gray hairs that are coming in and I feel uncomfortable about the way my hair looks. But simultaneously, I feel comfortable. Right now, my hair's up in a bun. I like the way that feels. I have a lot of physical sensitivities and I just like the sensation of my hair up in a bun, even if it's messy, even if it's not flattering. This feels good and that overrides my desire to look beautiful, pretty or fall into those standards. That doesn't even mean, by the way, speaking of comparison, somebody could perceive me as beautiful and desirable despite me not feeling that way about myself and despite me not falling into societal standards. In fact, I know that the people who care about me enjoy the way I look because they care about me, right? I can understand that, but I can still feel self-conscious simultaneously. I can embrace my age. I can embrace the way that wrinkles show up and gray hair show up and the hormonal changes that might be impacting my weight. I can embrace that I'm really comfortable in the shirt that I'm wearing, even though it's flattering. Like my aim is to feel comfortable even when I feel uncomfortable. That's the big theme of the show. So it's a lot of this discomfort, but recognizing the values and how does that tie into resolutions around the beginning or an end of a new year or throughout the year at any point? It could be a birthday. Like there's so many milestones we hit where we might start to reevaluate or there's a trigger. Something happens in life, a big thing, maybe like gets you thinking about life. You read a book, like some transformation and you just start to ponder, do I want to change? But maybe you don't have to change or maybe your change looks different than somebody else's. Maybe it's not about conforming. Understanding values has become a huge part of my life. And I saw this reflected a lot in my therapy sessions I do with my therapist, as well as the well-being coaching I started offering in 2022. When I went through the emotional well-being training program, we focus on setting the foundation for what they call change talk. Like that's a big part of coaching is guiding someone towards the change that they want but allowing them to discover this. This has been super fascinating as I've been working with coaching clients. I can often identify change opportunities in other people, but they have to find it within themselves in order for it to be sustainable. I think that in itself is a big metaphor. I'm very drawn to that, both on a personal level for myself and the changes that I sometimes seek, as well as my relationships with clients and noticing the psychology around all this. People can have a desire to change but still not be ready for change or have the desire to change and not want to change. What I'm describing where I have desires about my weight, like feeling uncomfortable in my skin, not fully embracing it. And yet I recognize through my values that I don't actually want to change that much. I want to feel comfortable in not changing. That sums it up pretty well. I don't think I have much else to say there in this moment, except that's all part of authenticity. And there are other elements of this too, whereas tuning into yourself, that that authenticity, the knowing your values, being in alignment with yourself helps you also make decisions. So 
I guess a decision is similar to a change or, or maybe the same thing. I have to think about that for a moment. Making a decision sometimes requires us to change. I don't know about that in this moment. <laughs> but decisions are interesting. I struggle with those because I'm used to making decisions even if they go against myself. And something new that I've been working on is not seeking external approval, validation, or guidance first or primarily. I might use external information. I find that very helpful, but I also feel like it's a coping mechanism in the sense that maybe even like a reliance as if my internal answers are not good enough or right. Like I don't trust them. Trust has been a big theme for me. I struggle to trust other people and trust has actually been part of a goal of mine for years. Like actually I think it developed a lot during some New Year's resolution. I don't even know when this started. I would guess maybe 2018, maybe 2019. I could probably go back and figure it out. But somewhere at the end of a year, I wanted to pick a, a word for myself that would represent my focus for the next year. Now I feel like it's a little silly. If it feels good to you, do it. But for me, <laughs> it wasn't as transformative as I hoped it would be. And I use the word trust because I was trying to trust other people more. But what I've recognized over time is I would prefer to trust myself more. That's what I was really looking for. I think I was noticing that I simultaneously trust others more than myself. And yet the opposite too, like people would comment sometimes to me like, why can't you just trust me? And it was like this interesting simultaneous conflict of like wanting to trust myself and wanting to trust other people. And I think the two can happen at the same time. But similar to putting on the oxygen mask on an airplane, I think maybe if you trust yourself first or you need to trust yourself first in order to trust others. Whereas I was like trying to do it the opposite, like trying to override my self-trust to trust someone else. And maybe that's why I was struggling with trust. It's because that just couldn't work. I don't know. <laughs> All this is coming up in this moment. Some of these realizations here and knowing my values and Figuring out who I am has been key. I'm still on that journey. And maybe that's why trust still feels hard for me. And it's interesting to examine in the context of decisions. Like there's a few small examples I can give. One was uh, noticing this kind of signal in my body. I have a tendency to get like tightness and or butterflies when something feels off. So recently I've been working with a client and we needed to hire somebody else to support my work because I don't have the bandwidth to do it all myself. And it's been months trying to find the right person to fill this position. And I was contacted by, I put out like some public comment and some stranger reached out to me saying, oh, I saw that you're looking to hire somebody and this is what I do with my business. And my first instinct was like, oh, this person seems really nice and genuine, professional, great this could be good. I guess that's the first feeling, right? This could be good. But as I continued to gather information about this person, I felt the opposite of, ooh, this isn't as good as it seemed. It's almost like dating <laughs> where, 
online dating is a great example. Like you read someone's profile and they sound like a good match. You start talking to them. Oh, this feels like this could go somewhere. And then either through those conversations and or meeting in person, you recognize it's not what I thought it was. Could be a catfish or could just be that the more time went on, you realize it wasn't a fit. What's been happening in this situation with me where... This person started off seeming really nice and genuine. And over time, just their words, we never, as of the time of this recording, have not talked on the phone, me and this potential colleague, let's say. I haven't talked on the phone because from my preference is to gather information first before moving to the next level with somebody in whatever context. Because I've had my fair share of really challenging business dealings and it's created me to feel a bit cautious. That kind of leads back to my trust. What I thought actually were trust issues and quotes. Maybe they weren't really issues. Maybe they were signals to me that this person was not trustworthy. Maybe I don't have an issue with trust. Maybe my intuition is guiding me towards who I should trust and who I shouldn't. And it's okay not to trust everybody. That internal compass is not to be ignored. And the way this was showing up in this dynamic with this stranger. It's really interesting. I think maybe that's why it feels confusing to me. It's, huh, why did I trust somebody in the beginning? Why did they feel good to me? And what changed? Well, they started to talk differently to me. I found this a lot when it comes to setting boundaries, especially with men, actually. And that feels really sad to me. There's part of me that is so in desire for equality that I'm still caught off guard when Someone who is different than me in gender, for example, seems to be treating me differently. And that might not be the reason. It could also be like a neurodivergent thing. As I'm learning more about the way my brain works, I know now, I learned this in 2022, that my brain works differently from the quote average person. And if you haven't heard me talk about this, neurodivergence in general, they the statistically from what I've learned, I don't know if this is a factual thing or just a current agreed upon statistic of one in five people having some form of neurodivergence. And for me, I'm falling into the categories based on my traits of ADHD and autism, maybe even OCD. I have glimmers of that. There's a lot of overlaps in neurodivergence and it seems to impact about one fifth of the population, which means that four fifths of the population their brains work differently. So they're the majority. And for me, following into the category of the minority of different brains, I've discovered that if I'm talking to somebody whose brain doesn't work the way that mine does, there seems to be some like judgment or mistreatment. And I guess I attributed that to gender. It happens so much with men where men don't seem to be in a business setting respectful of my boundaries and they start to become aggressive or rude. And it's led to me having either tension with men that I'm working with and or the relationship dissolves. Now, granted, this has happened to me with women too, but I feel in general, my experience is that women have been a little bit easier to communicate with. So maybe it is a gender thing. But I've also had great experiences with men throughout my life. So I don't know if it's a gender thing. It might be just a way of communication. And neuro, 
divergent people tend to communicate differently than normal, typical people. Okay. So that's the context here. Anyways, going back to this example with this person I was thinking of hiring and working with, they were really nice to me before they started to get to know me and understand my needs. And once I articulated my needs, they started to almost pressure me to conform to their needs. And I thought that was really strange. Similar to dating. I've had this experience too. Like someone seems to like you based on what they see on the external. Or I'm saying, let's keep it about me because I don't want to apply this to everybody. In my experience, the treatment you might get when someone sees you as a surface level, whether it's about your appearance, your resume, somebody thinks they can get from you. But when someone gets to know you or your circumstances, know me, it's been my experience, I have found that if I reveal my needs in an authentic way, if I communicate in a way that's true to me, I have often felt rejected or treated differently. And I didn't intend this episode to go this direction, but it does speak to the authenticity and deciding when do you change and how do you make decisions? And also, how do you trust? How do you trust that you're making the right decision? How do you trust that you're changing or doing things in a good way? How do you define your version of success? Those are all thematic here. And I have, as some people refer to, like a lowercase t trauma around not feeling accepted for my full real self and being rejected when somebody gets to know me. And so, of course, that's going to lead me to not trust people and to set boundaries and also feel confused. It's also going to lead me to trust them more than myself because if I feel like if my needs aren't met, when I express them authentically, then maybe it's best for me to change or hide my needs to appease somebody else. But that doesn't serve me in the long run because then I'm only changing for somebody else. I'm only changing to feel a temporary sense of fulfillment and that doesn't last long. So then again, I'm going to want more fulfillment and the cycle continues. Feeling temporary fulfilled, then unfulfilled over and over and over again. And that's been a big theme as I reflect on ways I want to transition from year to year, from birthday to birthday, from season to season, I'm constantly reflecting on my evolutions as a human being and coming back to the sense that even though it's painful to feel rejected, even though it feels risky and I've experienced it time and time again, if I don't speak up for myself and ask for what I really want and I really need, if I don't state my boundaries with pride and communicate in the way that's effective and comfortable for me, then I will not get what I want. I will just be giving what somebody else wants. I will be conforming to them and that's never going to feel good. It's never going to meet me in the life that I truly want. I was describing the physical sensations of my body, like even as I'm talking about it now, because I haven't resolved it with this person in this moment that I'm recording on December 15th, 2022. There has not been a resolution with this person because I've been waiting to see, waiting to tune into myself. And I feel this butterfly tightness combination in my stomach. Sometimes I get it in my throat. Like that's such a great sign to tune into those feelings of this doesn't feel good. So maybe I should say no to this. But what feels confusing to me sometimes is that that's discomfort, right? And as the theme of the show goes, Things in life might get uncomfortable and that's not necessarily a bad thing. 
Sometimes we grow most when we're uncomfortable. That's like the cliche phrase. But there's a difference between getting uncomfortable because it's serving you and getting uncomfortable because that's a signal that it's not serving you. And that's the tricky part. That's usually where I pause and think, but I have enough knowingness. And I think deep down, I always have the answer between which is which. Like, this is a discomfort that serves me. This is a discomfort that doesn't. In the case of this stranger, it's pretty clear to me, not 100% clear, but 90% clear that this person doesn't seem to be respecting what I'm asking for. I'm trying to hire them. The funniest part was just some of their responses to me via email again. I don't know. Sometimes things get lost in translation when someone emails you or texts you or whatever versus when you have a live conversation or you can see someone's facial expressions. And I'm laughing now at some of the ways they phrase things. I was like, oh my gosh, do they mean it this way? Because that's, if so, that's kind of rude. Like I asked them, they they weren't like telling me what their price rates were right away. And I understand from a marketing tactic, like I can see through them. I've been working in marketing long enough. (laughs) What was amusing to me is, that I was trying to present myself and my needs at face value, like right away. This is who I am. This is what I need. And this person didn't seem to be listening. They kept presenting things to me. I'm like, they don't seem to get it. Do they not know what I do and what I need? Like, I thought I was very clear about it. And they kept saying things. Ultimately, that was part of it too. It's clearly this is a mismatch or they're not even paying attention. They're not honoring me or respecting me enough to really take a look at what was needed in the situation. It was like they were trying to project themselves and fit themselves in. In those circumstances, it reminds me of this old child's toy, like of a puzzle where, I don't know if they still make this for kids, but it's like a little square box with holes cut out in it and they have a triangular shape and a circle and a square and some other shapes. And then there's like little blocks and each of them can fit into the different shapes. And it's like trying to fit a square into a triangle. You might be a square and that's great, but you're never going to fit into the triangular shape. You can force it. I suppose you could cut off the sides and conform, but then you're leaving behind some of yourself and you probably don't want to do that. So why are you trying to force it so hard? Is it because society has convinced us to do that? That's where I struggle with marketing a lot, as I mentioned, like the media and all the mixed messages we get, all the comparison traps we fall into. I have a lot of conflicted feelings around marketing because a lot of marketing is based around trying to make somebody feel bad about themselves in order to think you have the solution. Like I saw this guy doing that to me. And it's laughable because I see right through them. Like, dude, I know your sales techniques. I've been around the block. And the fact that you don't even recognize that I can see right through you, maybe that in itself is the sign. (laughs) Someone not even realizing that you are savvy enough just to know when you're being manipulated. And sometimes the word manipulation is a little too strong, disrespect, et cetera. I don't think this particular person I was talking to is, was trying to be those ways. I think that's just the way they do business and it's not a fit. And that's okay too, just like dating. Just because someone's not a fit for you doesn't make them a bad person. Just means you're not compatible. And I think where I struggle is 
my history with being a people pleaser, I want to be compatible with everybody. I want everyone to like me, everyone to value me, respect me. I want to have good relationships and a good reputation and all this stuff. But sadly, that could come at the cost of me being my true self. And what I'm trying to embrace, and I suppose if I have a goal for or resolution for 2023 and beyond, it's that finding the courage to be my full authentic self, if I am in fact neurodivergent, to unmask, to stop masking, to drop that mask and go through life confidently, even if that means being rejected, even if that conflicts with what other people want. Sometimes I struggle with my clients, mostly on the marketing side, usually not coaching. Like the, I could see myself more and more leaning into my coaching services. I started technically doing well-being coaching in 2020. I think it was at the end of 2020 when I first started experimenting it with it. I went through my official emotional well-being coaching training in 2022 and have felt so good about that. So it's very rare that doesn't suit me. The marketing though, as I mentioned, I feel conflicted about sometimes and sometimes people hire me and I discover that we're just not in alignment. That actually happens a lot. The marketing world is rough, (laughs) I tell you, because it's so convoluted. And actually knowing that helps me have compassion for this person I've been talking about today because they are probably just trying to get by. And they're getting by on the standard. They're getting by using the techniques that a lot of people use and the business that seems to be, like I said, the standard, I guess is the best word. I'm not a standard person. That's why I feel like I'm neurodivergent. Like I do not fall into the majority of the way other people think. I think differently, sometimes to my benefit, sometimes to the cost of rejection. And that's okay. That might come at the expense of me losing out, quote, I want to put quotes around losing out of opportunities, losing out on clients, losing clients, no longer working with people. I have to evaluate that constantly. Does this person feel like a good fit or am I trying to conform so hard to please them that I'm losing sight of my values, what's important to me and what makes me feel good? In this moment, I'm like, huh, okay, this feels like a good (laughs) way to proceed, right? I want to feel good, even if feeling good comes at the expense of an opportunity. That's the big lesson. That was theme as I was pondering what to talk about in today's episode, as I want to start off the year with the first solo episode. Actually, the first episode of 2023 is this episode for me, for the show. And that feels like such a good place to start continuously checking in with myself and having that courage to be deeply authentic to me. Can I turn more inwards and spend less time outwards? I was thinking how TikTok, for example, is a platform, the platform I spend the most time on. I rarely listen to podcasts, believe it or not. I don't spend much time on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, LinkedIn, Pinterest. I subscribe to newsletters and rarely ever read them. Like, The place that I spend my most time personally is on TikTok, for better or for worse, because TikTok is such a popular social media network as of end of 2022 that you get exposed to there. When I first started using it at the end of 2019, it wasn't very popular. It wasn't mainstream. And it felt so authentic and so 
fun and exciting. It also felt uncomfortable because I felt like an outlier. Huh, I'm that weirdo that uses TikTok. <laughs> People thought it was a joke, truly. People had so many misconceptions. And I've spent years speaking on TikTok professionally. Like I've done public speaking and I've done coaching courses on all sorts of stuff on TikTok. And the majority of the people in, in those audiences were like trying to open their minds to TikTok. It was like I was trying to convince them to use TikTok. And then there was a big pivot in 2022 where suddenly it became mainstream. That was happening for the last few years, but I really saw a shift in 2022. And almost ironically, I'm feeling like I no longer want to use TikTok anymore. <laughs> I'm not quite there yet, but I see myself feeling less and less interested in it. This is a pattern for me. When something becomes really popular, I lose interest. When something becomes really mainstream, it's no longer appealing to me. Like I do like the... What is the term? I like things that are on the outskirts, I suppose. And maybe that says something to my personality too. Like I simultaneously like being different and don't like being different. Like it feels uncomfortable. It's an interesting relationship there. The fringe is the term I was looking for. But TikTok also, from a mental health standpoint and a privacy standpoint, there's a number of things that concern me. There's things I think, hmm, this isn't fully in my value. And so if I really cut back on TikTok or stopped using it altogether, barely used it, what would my life be like? Probably not that different. I'd, something else would fill that time. Something else would fill that satisfaction. I'd be okay without TikTok. It's not a make or break thing for me. Maybe it would actually really benefit me. What if that led to me spending less time on all social media? I've been wondering for years, what if I completely cut social media out? I think a lot of people wonder that. People take breaks. They go and quote social media detoxes. It's an interesting thing because it's a huge part of our life in society to use social media. That's something that I, I hope to better understand in 2023. And I have to say too, it's an ongoing process. It's so common to see people quote, quit something like, oh, this is the last time I'm going to do this. And then they come back and that's okay. So I think another lesson as we reflect on resolutions and transitions is knowing that nothing has to be permanent because really the only thing that's permanent is death. But before we die, we have the right, the privilege to change our minds, to try something out, to identify with it, and then go back revert to where we were before, dabble in and out, pulsate in and out. It's all okay, ultimately. <laughs> and I think the only way that we can find what's okay for us is to know ourselves that deeply, to use our inner guidance, to tap into that. That's exactly why I wonder about TikTok. I wonder if it's getting in the way of, of me really knowing and understanding myself because it's spending a lot of time knowing and understanding other people. I've often thought about with this podcast, like, do I stop doing these solo episodes of just me talking like I am right now? Sometimes I wonder if they're serving other people, if they're beneficial, people like them. Sometimes I feel really vulnerable about doing this and feel like it's all about me and it's in my ego and that feels super uncomfortable. But there's big benefits for me, to be honest, like this exploration. This is like my time to talk directly to you, just you and me. But also I'm talking to myself and I'm learning things out loud in these moments. And it's very humbling. It's eye-opening. Helps me tune in. 
It's a special sacred time. So even if you don't really enjoy this, it has a benefit to me and that's okay. Sometimes we do things that aren't the quote best use of our time. I hear this a lot in business, like you really got to set your priorities. Where are you going to spend your time? But what if we spend our time doing something we like? For me, that's TikTok. (laughs) What if we spend our time doing things that are therapeutic? For me, that's these solo podcast episodes and my therapy sessions. (laughs) I spend plenty of time working with clients, focusing on them. I can focus on myself. That's okay. I don't have to, I can go against the grain of what other people recommend. And I can also go with the grain when I feel like it. Like all of this stuff is one of those both can be true at the same time scenarios. And it's not about this interesting version of perfection many of us have constructed of of checking off all the boxes and the best practices, following the formulas. If that feels good to you, great. But if you're like me and that doesn't work for you and it doesn't really feel good and you find yourself in a resistance and you don't feel like you're honoring yourself, maybe this episode is giving you permission to lean more into what does feel good and what does feel right and authentic and true and nourishing and that you have their prerogative to change your mind and to experiment and to pulsate in and out throughout the year. You don't have to stay in a straight line. So this felt like a good pep talk for me. If it resonated with you, I'd love to hear from you. Truly, I've mentioned recently how I really struggle with responding to people. I get extremely stuck with responding to emails, text messages, direct messages. I go through a few periods where I can do that, maybe like once a month, every few months. So it might take me quite a long time to get back to you. And for that, I do feel a sense of guilt. That's something else I'm going to work through. Like, why do I feel guilt about that? I don't have the answer yet. But when you send me messages, I read them, all of them. I'm great at that. (laughs) I read every message that comes through. I take it in. I feel it. I love that. So I'll see where I can get in terms of my responding. So if you're okay with meeting me where I'm at as of right now, then I would love to hear from you. I've also mentioned that my private community Beyond Measure, which is currently free to join, is a great place to connect. It's probably the best place to connect with me right now because I show up for the members of that community every week, at least once a week. We have these coaching calls we've been experimenting with, like I've been offering currently free coaching eventually in 2023. I may charge for my group coaching services there, but I hope to keep Beyond Measure at least either very affordable and or part of it being free. And I will continue being very transparent about the way that works. So check this out soon. You'll be able to opt into at least some of the free versions. Just toying around there. Want to continue to share the evolution of that community as it's going into its third year. So yeah, if you're looking to connect with me and other people in a private, safe, non-judgmental space that's devoted to supporting people with their well-being, that's beyond measure. And anybody can join. It is open to all. As long as you're a kind, considerate human being. You have to be a true person. You can't create a fake account. (laughs) I guess you could, but it's hard to fake using the platform that I'm using there because privacy is a big focus of ours. And I say ours is a full community. I deeply value people's mental health. And so I protect it every way I can and mine too. 
And that was part of the reason I created Beyond Measure was social media is really easy to be unkind to people. It's really easy to fake who you are, to catfish people, to con people. And there's a lot of unfortunate things that people do to one another using platforms like social media. And I wanted a a space that was more sacred and protected than that. So that's how Beyond Measure got created. And that's why I show up there for the amazing community of people that have joined. So I would say my preference would be that you come join us in Beyond Measure, check it out, see if it's a fit for you. And I'd love to get to know you through there. If that's not for you, you can certainly email me, direct message me. All my contact information is in the show notes at wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com. There's a full transcript. There's links to anything I mention. There are basically everything. That's the hub, wellevator.com. And that'll lead you to the next steps in terms of connecting deeper with me and other people that listen to the show. I appreciate you. I hope that 2023 is either off to a great start or has been going really well, no matter when you listen, or or maybe you're listening well beyond and you're reflecting back on 2023 and, and what you went through in that year and what's next for you. Wherever you stand, whatever day it is for you, I hope it's just the best it could possibly be for you, your needs, your authentic self. I'll be back again on Friday with a guest, guest every Friday, and they continue to open my mind and my heart in so many amazing ways. I hope they do the same for you too. So bye for now. Thanks for listening and getting out of your comfort zone with us today. For show notes and more high-performance resources to help you thrive, go to wellevator.com. That's W-E-L-L-E-V-A-T-R.com.